Welcome to the Cosmic Business Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Palace, and this podcast is for soulful entrepreneurs who want to harness the cosmic power of astrology to elevate their message, unlock flow, and attract their best clients ever. Join me every week and get excited to discover how you can use the energy of the cosmos to get the business breakthrough you've been waiting for. I am super excited to dive into today's episode because we are talking all about embracing the fire in your chart with the incredible brand strategist, Nikki Clark. Now, Nikki is not only a fantastic friend and colleague and client of mine, but she's also a master messaging expert and reinvention fanatic whose boutique messaging service ensures extraordinary professionals with underwhelming brands change their online presence to attract full recognition because she knows in the business world, there's nothing more expensive than an identity crisis. Now, Nikki's resume flaunts brands like Levi's, IBM, Red Bull, Nike, and Sony. Ring any bells? So with that energetic panache, years of experience, and a lust for fun, she builds brands that function as well as they feel. Because while being an expert is one thing, it's quite another to establish a brand that guarantees you sound and look the part. Now, Nikki and I have been working together on messaging and branding for a couple of years now. We're both copywriters. We're both in this marketing world. And you're going to find out a lot about Nikki's personality and her style and her real zone of genius today. But one of the things that we're really going to dive into is how her brand and her understanding of herself has changed through her experience with astrology. So that's what I'm super excited for you to hear about today. Let's dive in and get on with this chat. There is some language. So language warning on this one if you're listening in the car with kids, but it's a great combo. So I hope you love it. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Cosmic Business Breakthrough. Super excited to have Nikki here with us today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me to talk all things branding. So let's start by finding out a bit more about you, how you ended up in this amazing online business world and what you really love about the work that you do. Thank you for having me. Oh, that's a big question even to start with. So my background has always been brand and marketing for as long as I can remember. So I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family in the true sense, kind of real entrepreneurial hustlers, both my parents having both their own businesses. And when I was about eight, my mum opened three or four Benetton stores and they were They're actually having a bit of a resurgence at the moment, but they were a really big fashion brand in the 90s. And they're an Italian fashion brand who, for their time, really were pushing boundaries in the true sense and really were radical in that true sense. So they believed their tagline was United Gods Benetton. They believed that, you know, love comes in every color, every sexuality, 
every shape, size, true diversity before it was a buzzword and a thing. And their advertising was very confronting for a lot of people. So they had posters with all these different colored condoms. They had beating hearts that were all lined up, you know, showing that we're all the same, no matter what we may look like on the outside, we're all made up of the same thing. They had kissing nuns. They had a black woman breastfeeding a white baby. They had all these different things that were getting us to to open discussions. And at the time, I just thought this was amazing. So I'd never experienced a brand standing for something. And it really did require that you made a choice to stand with them. If you leaned into that brand, if you bought from that brand, you were saying to people, this is what I also believe in. And so that was where my journey kind of started. So I went off to university, studied fashion, branding and marketing, spent a good few years living the London lifestyle, working in fashion, PR and marketing, partying hard, working for one of the original characters from Absolutely Fabulous, who one of the characters was definitely modelled on. You know, I had to pick off the mozzarella from her mozzarella sandwich because she liked the salad, but not the mozzarella. But she had to order a mozzarella sandwich and then we all had to pick it off. And, you know, worked for a pittance, but absolutely loved it. Landed myself in Australia in 2003 and started working for really big brands. So I worked for, I've worked for brands like Levi's, Nike, IBM, lots of global brands and absolutely loved it because there's one thing that big brands do really well that, you know, small businesses and entrepreneurs can definitely lean into regardless of budget is they know what they stand for and they know who they are before they do anything else. They know who they're here for and what they stand for before they attempt to do anything else. And I think a brand that loses sight of that weakens itself. Even as a small business, everybody can make those intentional choices. So I worked in that fast-paced corporate life for, you know, many years, popped out a couple of kids and then, you know, fell in a big heap, (laughs) had two children 18 months apart and realized that this kind of slinging my heels on and running out the door at 6.30 in the morning and shoving my kids into daycare and trying to get a full day's work done was becoming really challenging. And I guess the more that I leaned into my life as a mum, the less I leaned into the values of the organisation that I worked for and I found it really challenging and quite a friction point. So I decided to, I guess I probably did what most people do if they leave their corporate career and do something similar. I called myself a freelancer. I hustled on the side for a little bit, got enough gigs so I could leave my full-time corporate job and hung my shingle out and said, here I am, I'm a branding and marketing expert and I can help everybody with everything. (laughs) And, you know, after doing that for a few months, I started to niche down and focus down my message. And I have, I want to say eight years now, worked in that online space. So I now primarily help experts and experts who feel really trapped in an underwhelming brand that they've created or potentially a half-baked brand that they've created because they've done what lots of us do is set out in business and find our feet and maybe focus on those fun things like let's have a really nice photo shoot and a nice website and then work for a few years and feel themselves fully stretched in lots of different directions and maybe trapped in an identity that they feel no longer really fits them. So I help them reinvent 
who they are and that personal brand and that identity so they can show up as the full expression of who they want to be as a brand and pull in those top-notch clients, the really lucrative opportunities, the speaking gigs, the books, and fully and confidently show up as who they should be so that they can you know, really serve their clients well and attract their right people. I truly believe that it's one thing to be an expert, but it's another thing to establish a brand that ensures that you really look and sound the part. And that's a difficult thing. And that's the thing that I love to help people with. I love that. And it is so fitting for you as well, personality-wise, to be helping people with their brand and to be helping them to reinvent themselves. We're going to dive into why that is in a moment. (laughs) But with your own brand, how have you found that journey of developing your own personal brand? I mean, it's so easy for us, isn't it, to help other people with their brands and to see (laughs) other people's brands. But when it comes to our own personal brand, how have you found that journey for yourself in your business? Yeah, I think it's an incredibly hard thing to do for yourself, whether you're an expert in it or not, to step out of yourself and look at yourself and ask those big questions and even see the things that other people see that you can't see. It's really, really challenging. And I think that we often fall into, I see three main problems, which I've experienced myself. The first one is that we often play small. We don't trust or have the confidence to potentially say what we want to say or be who we want to be. So we play in this kind of safe space where we water it down and we dilute it and we fit ourselves into a nice little box and it's just vanilla. And Especially now, like in the last, even in the last two years with COVID, you know, hitting and the world changing, so many more people are online and attention spans are like dwindling and dwindling to next to nothing. So if your brand is at all vanilla and really doesn't have a point of view um, and is kind of shying away from who you should be, then it's just not serving you in any way. You just get tuned out. So that's one thing that I feel that I probably did with the fear of leaving corporate, that big thing that probably hung over me, which was like, who does she think she is? You know, if if you go out and say, I'm actually brilliant at this and I can help you with this and this is my point of view and it might go against the grain, but you're a bit scared of doing that. The second thing, which kind of leans into that first thing is trying to be everything and then ending up being nothing. Because you're scared to really, really focus down. And actually, we can talk about this a little bit more in my latest reinvention and how I've kind of cut off some of those arms of my business, which I had felt had expanded and kind of mushroomed out beyond where I wanted them to be. But often we do that. We we don't want to put a stake in the ground, either with a point of view or what I like to call a micro niche. Um, And so we end up kind of being nothing, which contributes to that vanilla that I was talking about. Or the third thing, which is kind of a danger zone, is imitation versus influence. So I think it's really important to look around your industry and, you know, be influenced by the great things that are going on and the the big personal brands that you see online. But there is a real danger of falling into imitation 
instead of just looking at that for influence. I actually think it's much better to look outside of your own industry for influence. Look at um, who's being really innovative and like switching it up in a different industry rather than looking at your own. Because when we look through our Instagram feed or our, you know, or we subscribe to lots of emails and we look at everybody who's like us or who's in the same industry as us, inadvertently people, we all kind of absorb that as a sponge and then people can end up just this kind of carbon copy of somebody else. And often a carbon copy with half the budget, half the team and half the audience. So it's kind of like this, you know, the poor sister to the big brand. Um, and it, it happens a lot in the online space. I see it all the time. You just, you know, I mean, you and I know you scroll through and you're like, oh, here's another carousel on Instagram that says the same thing that the other one did. And oh my gosh, you can see who's coaching with that person because they're using the same colors. They're saying the same thing. Everyone's adopting the same language. Um, so those three things I think can be quite dangerous for us all. And with my own brand, I felt over the eight years that I started out probably unsure in freelancer mentality, helping lots of people. And there is nothing wrong with that because I think you need to try things on to work out what fits and what you like to do. And then I really focused down and got really good at what I did. And then rather than staying there, (laughs) I expanded things out as clients asked for more things from me. And during that expansion point, I think. I lost sight of what I really wanted and I lost sight a little bit of who I was because as my visibility grew, I became a little bit scared of having a point of view um, of saying things online because, you know, cancel culture is huge, particularly among women more than anywhere else. It's usually um, prolific in the online space with, you know, with females tearing down other females, which is, you know, not something that I want to buy into at all. But there was definitely a fear of stepping out and becoming really visible. And to go with that, I think I expanded everything out. And I also always felt, and I remember the first time I spoke to you about this, I felt like um, my astrological sign didn't really fit who I was. And this was before I even thought of introducing anything to do with astrology into branding or my personal brand. I, I, but I did feel in my own brand that I was trapped in this kind of outfit that was a bit ill-fitting and wasn't really mine and a style that I didn't vibe with. And everything just felt a bit uncomfortable and not really me. And when I um, was chatting to you for the first time and you gave me some insights into my chart, I had always looked at my brand archetype, which was really, really different to anything astrologically, you know, like my sun sign, for example. And then when I kind of combined that with what you told me about my chart, it totally clicked and made sense to me. I was like, oh, that's why. And I also went, I remember going on a business retreat a couple of years ago and it was the very first day and everyone it was a really, really hot day and we were in a beautiful um, place. It was Denise Duffield Thomas's Rose Farm. And everyone gathers around the pool and I walk in and someone said to me, oh, you must be a Leo. And I was like, no, I'm a Pisces. What do you mean I'm a Leo? And I, I didn't really know what that meant at the time. And I was like, okay. I mean, I was wearing an animal print, <laughs> swimming cozy. 
<laughs> with a massive hat and red lipstick, so it kind of makes sense now. But at the time, I was like, no, I'm not a Leo. I don't know what she's talking about. I'm Pisces. And I always felt like trapped in this, like, aren't they supposed to be floaty, creative? And I am creative, but it, it didn't seem to fit. So my whole brand didn't really seem to fit at all. And I have recently gone through this reinvention and I have leaned more heavily upon the astro side of things than I actually thought I would. And it's been a huge help. Um, your email landed into my inbox actually just before we hopped on this, in which you talked about your resistance to change, the Taurus in you not really liking change. And it made me giggle because I thought, oh my gosh, like change is my constant. <laughs> my husband said to me the other night, he was like, if there's one thing we know about you, it's that you love change. He goes, I'm surprised you're still with me 20 years on, to be honest. Like, it's like, you love to reinvent everything and you love to change things. So knowing that about myself has enabled me to lean into that as my own brand work. Like I do, that's what I help people do. I help people reinvent and change that kind of lackluster brands. So yeah, it's it's been an interesting journey. Yes. I've loved watching you over the past couple of years. I mean, your business has really grown and changed so much since we've known each other. We've only known each other since 2020. But there's been such expansion in both the business and in your own understanding of your personal brand and your expression of your personal brand. So you're a Pisces sun sign. And that is a really delicious energy. That's a beautiful, creative, compassionate energy. But the truth is you don't really feel like a Pisces. And I find that a lot with my Pisces friends and clients. And that's partly because Pisces energy is by its very nature hard to pin down. It's very fluid energy and it can be very chameleon-like. And the change and reinvention part makes so much sense for a Pisces sun because you can literally morph into the next thing and the next thing and the next thing quite easily. Pisces people can pick up on other people's energy and they can shift and change very easily in different social settings or workplaces, that kind of thing. It's very influenced by its environment, like a chameleon, right? And there's also this boundarylessness about Pisces. So if you're not careful, it means you can get easily swept away with other people's stuff, like you were talking about earlier. It means there can be a tendency to want to kind of morph into somebody that you're not because it's like, oh, this is working for them. Let's follow that. What's interesting about your chart is that while you have this really strong water sun sign and you have a lot of other water energy, you have the moon and Mars in Cancer. You also have this really powerful fire energy in your chart and that's because of your Leo rising and your Venus and Mercury in Aries. So you just mentioned that people see you as a, a Leo. That's exactly that description of the rising sign, but what people see you as. So when you walk into a room, they go, there she is. It's hard to miss her. Like, you know, you have that presence of a Leo. Leos have the sun shining on them. It's a beautiful, visible energy in most cases. Because you were born in the daytime, your Leo rising is particularly strong because the sun was out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. The sun is the ruler of your chart and it's also your, you're a daytime chart. So when you're born at night and you're a Leo rising, it presents in a slightly different way, but still there is this sense of Leo rising people. People come to you like moths to a flame. You are the light. Like people want to be around that light. 
And that's amazing in business. It's amazing in life. For someone with a moon in cancer in the 12th house, like you have, that can be a little intimidating. It's like, whoa, people back off. (laughs) I need my space. I want to be at home. Leave me alone kind of thing. So there's a bit of a conflicting energy there. But at the same time, your self-expression, your personal brand comes across through your rising sign and also your Venus in Aries and your Mercury in Aries. So when I'm thinking about branding, when I'm doing like an astrology chart, I'm really hyper-focused on your rising sign, your persona, and what you value and what other people value about you, which is your Venus. So that would be your Aries energy. And both of those things are in fire signs for you. There's nothing wishy-washy about Leo and Aries energy. It's in your face. And I love that for you because I feel like that was a little bit hidden before this latest rebrand. And now it's like all on display. And You know, I think, again, because of that strong water energy that you have and a few other things in your chart that we're going to chat about in a bit, you've often been holding back your self-expression. Like you feel that conflict about how you want to present yourself to the world. On the one hand, you've got this lovely, flowing, compassionate, nurturing, homebody water energy. And on the other hand, you've got this really dramatic and passionate fire energy. That's really interesting you say that as well, because I think the water... Part. I think that comes into business boundaries um, and things. Yes, definitely. Things around that, because I've always felt there's a boldness to the message and the Aries lends itself to, I'm very direct. So very direct. Yes. I'm from the north of England as it is. So I call a spade a spade and there's <laughs> a very direct tone to me. Um, but underneath it, there's a, a lot of compassion. So I deliver things with directness, but I also struggle to enforce my boundaries in business and I have chronically over-delivered over the years to my detriment as we all know when it comes to business you over-deliver and most of the time it's not appreciated and that's not because people are are not kind or not appreciative it's just that when you over-deliver you do yourself a service so that's really interesting to know how that plays together yeah and I mean you have Mars in Cancer now Mars as I've mentioned on the Mars episode with Alicia Youssef, if anybody wants to go back and listen to that, Mars in Cancer is a little difficult because it wants to be the warrior, right? It wants to be out there doing things, making things happen, getting in people's faces, very Aries-like. And Cancer is that very much wants to be at home, wants to be protective, wants to be in its shell kind of thing. So you have that innate conflict and that can present itself really strongly in business in terms of your boundaries and in terms of just you feeling resentment as well, like resentment towards the work, like, oh, this isn't making me feel good. When you've got Mars in detriment in general, you've got to work harder on making sure that business feels good to you, making sure that you're doing things, the Mars things, in a way that is suited to your personal style. Like you can't just go out there and do, do, do like you want to with that Aries, Venus and Mercury. You have to consider that protective, self-protective side of yourself and kind of build that into business a bit more. The other thing that's interesting to point out about your chart, and I haven't talked to you in depth about this before, is that you have Saturn really close to your ascendant in Leo. So Saturn As podcast listeners will know, Saturn is our planet of boundaries. Saturn is our planet of restriction, of regulation, 
of a little bit of blockage, right? And when it's right near your ascendant, it can mean that self-expression feels difficult for you. It means that sometimes you will, like you said earlier, be like, who am I to do this? And I know that a lot of us struggle with this, but then a lot of us have difficult Saturn placements in aspect to our rising sign in our charts. I know I do. So there is this sense of like, who are you to say these things? Who are you to be so bold and do all of this stuff? Like you want to be that Leo energy, but you feel like a little bit blocked there by Saturn. The good thing about that is that wherever Saturn is, it's usually indicating where our work in the world is as well. So it indicates to me that self-expression is something that you're here to help other people with, which is what makes branding such a perfect business for you because it totally vibes with that idea that the thing we most struggle with is often the thing that we're here to help the world with. So that's awesome. Because for me, it's the easiest thing when I get under the hood of someone's business or I meet them, I can see the message amongst the mess I can see the thing that they're not expressing that is the thing that they should be shining a light on and I love that when I speak to somebody and I'll pull out one piece and they'll be like what oh my gosh and it it feels to me that feels really it's a very natural thing but like I said yeah it's something that I've found more challenging myself so that that's good to know that um that's maybe why I've never I didn't know that piece so Cosmic therapy on the podcast today. There Thank you. you go. But it's also because that Saturn is there, what's actually been happening for you over the past 18 months or so while Saturn has been hanging out in the opposite sign of Aquarius. So Leo and Aquarius are opposites on the zodiac wheel. Saturn has been in Aquarius. So you've had Saturn opposite Saturn, which is quite an And you will continue to have this until Saturn moves out of Aquarius in March. And it might intensify a little bit over the next couple of months as Saturn really gets close to that degree. But you've already experienced it once. Saturn's already done a pass, I think. You not only have that aspect of Saturn being opposite your Saturn, you also have Saturn opposite your ascendant. So you have like a double whammy to your personal brand. It's like, I must restructure my personal brand, right? And so, of course, that's what you've been doing the past several months, particularly while Saturn has been in those higher degrees of Aquarius, really closely impacting on your Leo points. You're ascended at 19 degrees and Saturn at 24. So when Saturn's opposite Saturn, so for other people with this in their chart as well, is that where you find it pushes you to restructure because it's about structure? So whenever we have a Saturn square or a Saturn opposition or a Saturn return, so when Saturn returns to the point it was when we were born, it's a growing pain but a growing point for us. So there's a some sort of a crisis that needs to be resolved in that area of our life, wherever Saturn is, whatever Saturn represents for us. So for you, Saturn in your first house, in the sign of Leo, both of those things represent self-expression. So there is a a crisis and a restructure in that part of your life. And it's a double whammy because it's, it's Saturn opposite your ascendant and Saturn opposite Saturn. So the Saturn cycle is about 28 years. So every seven years we have this this quarter, this square moment where Saturn will give us this next point of 
maturation, this next crisis point that we have to resolve in order to go to the next level. It's always teaching us something. It's wanting us to grow and to create better structures for the future, like to make sure we've resolved issues. That's what Saturn is trying to help us with. So when we reach an opposition, it's like there is something that has to be resolved because an opposition by its nature is very difficult. It's like, you know, that polarity or those two opposing points of view. Somehow there has to be some sort of resolution there. And that can be really the most challenging aspect because it's not just a square where there's a bit of a challenge. It's like, how do we resolve these two opposing points of view kind of thing? And Saturn transits can be quite internal. There can be a lot, like, a lot of internal, like, who am I to be doing this? And is this really me? And what do I really want to show up as? How do I really want to help people express themselves as well? Because that is your work in the world. You know, there's a lot going on there. Like it's a full restructure of, I would say, your whole business because that's what your business represents. And, you know, like I said earlier, that has been what's been going on for you this past two years, this big change in the way you do business, this real broadening out of not just working with working one-on-one with clients, but also serving a really broad audience all over the world with your products. And that whole re-evaluation of the brand and are you being that bold, assertive, daring self that you really actually want to be? Yeah, I love that because there's also an element of my brand only recently in kind of restructuring my group program is so many people ask me about the visual aspect of your brand. And while I'm not a designer, my background, I have a degree in fashion and I've always, anything to do with my own brand, I've always creatively directed. With every photo shoot, um, from the colors to the outfits to the shots to the the style is always you know comes from me how i tie message to visuals is really really important and i've actually incorporated a whole section on how you show up with your personal brand style into my new program because i felt like it was something that was probably a lot more me than talking about funnels for example or facebook ads because your message is essentially the meat, vegan or otherwise, in your marketing sandwich. And it's the backbone. It's, it's message first and marketing second. But I feel like the personal brand style piece has come into it. And that makes sense just talking about this complete kind of restructuring and reinvention and that pull sometimes that I feel that, oh, but I could do this and people ask me for this, so I should do that because I could help them and it's nice to help people with this. But, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Yeah, and it's also interesting that you mentioned you've moved back into that fashion piece and incorporating the design or the visual, the aesthetics of the brand as well because we haven't really touched on this yet, but another element that I feel is really strong in an astrology chart to help us with branding is your midheaven. And your midheaven is the highest point in your chart, the highest point in the sky at the time you're born. It's the where we're going, where we see our career or our public persona heading. For you, it's in the sign of Taurus and that is ruled by the planet Venus. So when you have a midheaven in Taurus, there's often this real strong link with Venusian things like how things look, you know, wanting things to look good. But also 
Taurus has that quality of stability. So incorporating those Venusian elements into your branding and your messaging and your whole strategy is really important as well, because that's a key part of where you want to be going is, you know, making things look good, but also helping people create stability. That's what people come to you for. And we know because we work in marketing and branding, having a really strong brand, having a really strong message is what creates that stability in your business. Because without that, you're constantly, you know, changing, trying to find clients, not really having any kind of strong base from which to grow your business. The brand is like part of the foundation, right? That's how we attract people to us. So that's what people want from you. They want that stability, but they also want those other Taurian qualities of making things look good, making things feel good to them. Taurus energy is very much about feeling good and feeling good in our business comes down to, are we comfortable with the message that we are putting out there? Are we really aligned with that message? Is that message going to make us money? And are we looking good as the person behind that brand? I think that's so important because, as you said, brand is this foundation. And I find I have many clients that come to me in or come into my programs in a state of flux because they are true experts in what they do. Like typically people that I work with, you know, I work with people that have often maybe left behind a corporate career or definitely something that they are an expert in. So they could, you know, be an expert in a certain type of therapy, or it could be that they're a designer or an architect or a coach or an author, and they've got thoughts and a point of view on something and real deep knowledge. Yet they find themselves when they're trying to sum up succinctly what their value is to the world and how, you know, what how people should feel about them and very, very difficult because they don't have that strong foundation. And the frustration is, well, hang on a minute. I've been working in psychology, say, for, you know, 15 years. And here's someone else over on Instagram with twice the amount of followers, making twice the amount of money with a tenth of the experience. And it comes back to that clarity of message and being unable to articulate why you is something that can keep you stuck in your business for such a long time. You can implement 700 different types of launch models, the webinar, the challenge, the three-day this, the email only this, you know, only use LinkedIn, only use Instagram, whatever it may be, and still find none of them work because you don't have the foundation of your brand. And when people have that stability in that, but not only that, like you said, they feel confident because they sound and look the part then everything else falls into place and I see that so often it's like a flow-on effect I'll work with someone and then six months later they'll be like oh my gosh I just you know pitched this you know 20 podcasts and everybody said yes or I just went to a publisher with this new book title you know because we worked on the message and got an instant yes and it's those things that happen as a result of having that stability so that's really interesting Yeah, I want to know more about your brand as well. Obviously, we had a chat, you know, when you were thinking about doing a rebrand or we've had several chats over the years about, you know, branding and astrology and all the things. But what made you 
lean more into that Leo Aries type energy? Or where do you think the turning point was that you were like, no, I can't do this anymore. This is the way it's got to be. That's really interesting because the headline on my website currently says frustration is a mother of reinvention. And I would say I stand behind that 100% because I felt frustrated and trapped where I was. And it wasn't around not making money because I was having my best year in business financially in a brand that didn't feel like me. It came back to my belief that we build a brand for the long term. You're not a quick one night stand. And I was really anchored in my vision of how I wanted to help people. And I felt like I wasn't expressing that. To me, that frustration was building and building. And the clarity around what I could be leaning into, combined with obviously me knowing how to reshape my own message. I just made the decision that that was the inflection point and enough was enough. I was like, this is it. It's changing. And I like to think of messaging as the title for your hard to kind of articulate ideas and the packaging of those ideas succinctly, which makes it sound extremely simple because it is when it's expressed in the right way. But it's a difficult thing to reach because we often try and cram too much in it or it's not clear, or it's not differentiated. There's no, you know, there's no point of difference. So I worked on my message first, and that was quite an excavation. Then from the message came the copy, all the new copy for my website, my new, you know, bio for LinkedIn and my bio for Instagram and my about page. And from there flowed the renaming and restructuring of my offers and services. And obviously that enabled me then to recraft and reposition my content and then came the visual piece so I leaned on my brand archetype which is primarily the creator with a little bit of rebel thrown in my leo rising and my aries combined with the creativity of pisces so I looked at all those key aspects And the visual identity has to match the message. So the message is strong and bold. And I wanted my visual identity to be the same. And so then I, you know, decide I went through a creative process myself, which I now take other people through in my programs. And I decided on how I wanted that to look, how I wanted people to feel when they interacted with my brand, how I wanted that to match the message. And then I went into the photography side of things reshooting images for the site and then it was rebuilding my website and a lot of people are very surprised that I've been in business for eight years I have still never spent on a website I always use a template which is customized Hmm. that's not because I have something against spending on websites but I'm just very clear in how I want things to look and I know that that can be achieved without spending an absolute fortune so the amount of money I actually spend on a rebrand is so small compared to what most people would spend. But there's a lot of time that goes into the strategy and the messaging. And I think uh, many people do it the wrong way around. So they kind of go, oh, I want it to look like this. 
when they're not still anchored into who they are or what they want to express. And then they go and create a website. And then a few months down the track, they don't like the web, the way the website looks or feels or the copy that goes with it. So yeah, that I, I do believe in getting it in the right order. And it doesn't matter if you've done it in the wrong order, because I work with people who are either doing it for the first time, because they have recently started a business and have deep expertise in what they do. Or like I said, they're an expert that has has outgrown where they are and feels that their identity is no longer really serving them and getting them to where they want to go. So they're clear on where they want to go and they know that their current identity is not going to get them there because they've outgrown it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you did it in that order too. And I know, I mean, I haven't done it in that order before. (laughs) That's a really good order to do it in because what I do, what I did for my last website was I... I did the photo shoot because I had in my mind, based on my astrology chart, I was like, okay, this is what's coming to me. Like, this is the kind of inspiration I have. Let's do it. And then it took me a year almost before I had any copy written. And still, I don't, I'm not happy with the copy. And that's because it's so hard for us to write our own copy as copywriters. And really what we should be doing is what you did and focus on the copy and the messaging first. You know, it's come to me in the end, but I love that you did it in such a strong branding process that you went through and that you take your clients through. But I do remember because you and I have worked on copy before for your programs. And one day, it wasn't that long ago, I was looking at one of your sales pages and we were talking about messaging. We had looked at the page for this program that you were running and you were wearing a beige jumpsuit. And I was like, Nikki, what are you doing? You're not beige. Why are you wearing beige in this outfit? And then why have you made the entire sales page beige? And I sensed this turning point in you where you're like, yeah, why am I being beige? Like, you know, that's the opposite of who I am. And yet somehow I've allowed myself to get to this point. And like we all do in business, if we forget to practice what we preach (laughs) sometimes or we lose our way, like we just lose that sense of identity along the way, which often happens. But I loved how quickly you course corrected and you're like, no, that's not me. Let's do this. Let's restructure this whole thing. And now you've come back with this beautiful, bold, daring red, white, and black branding that I absolutely love. And you have to check out this website. I will put the link in the show notes for sure for listeners to have a look at your website and to see how they can work with you as well, because you are amazing at what you do. And I'm so excited to see that now, you know, you really are showing your true colors, your true Leo vibe, your true fire in your brand. So that's really exciting. How do you feel now? Like when you look at your website and your branding, like what does it do for you? I feel really confident in who I am and unapologetic. Like I definitely give less less fucks about what my not perfect people might think. I think it's really helped me also Again, like we were talking about the order of things, it's helped me make my offers more potent and powerful and aligned. So they feel good now, both in the marketing of those offers and the delivery of those offers. Um, I'm sticking to what I feel is my wheelhouse, what I feel is good for me rather than kind of letting it, letting it go out. I feel like another thing that's really important is 
you should build your brand for where you're going, not where you are right now. So it it often feels stretchy and uncomfortable at first. And I remember when I got my photos back and I was like, oh, I can't use these. Oh, I remember no. that. Oh, no. I'm going to reshoot the whole thing. I'm just, it's too bold. That was satin on your ascender going, no, who you can't do this. This is too much. Yeah, I remember I sent them to you. My husband was away at the time. I sent them to him. He was in the UK and I'm like, what do we think? And everyone was like, hell yes, they're amazing. And I was like, oh no. It's quite funny because the site has gone live, but I haven't really done any formal relaunching and telling people about it. I did an Instagram grid. That was it. And there's probably still that little part of me that's like, oh, it's a little bit scary and stretchy. But it really should be because if you design your brand for where you are right now, then you've nowhere to grow into and you've got to cast the vision for where you're going. But I will say as well that just because my brand is bold, like it doesn't mean everybody else's brand should be the same. Your message and your brand can be exquisitely simple. Mm. It doesn't have to be calling people to arms in a radical way. Your point of view can be shared in a beautiful, clear way that pulls in your right people by pulling on your own strengths and the things that you need to lean into. And my clients come from so many different backgrounds and each of them leans into different things for their brand. And I think that's really important to be clear on who we are. The one thing that I feel, you know, I have not, I've pretty much unsubscribed from 99% of people in my industry. There's a couple of people's emails that I love to read who are really great storytellers. And I just love it just to, you know, binge on that content. But I don't really look at what's going on around me anymore either. I think it takes away that aspect of, oh, what might somebody be doing over here? Or, you know, I couldn't tell you who's launched what or how they've launched it. Or, you know, they may be in my sphere. They They may have an offer that's similar to mine. I would not know. Um, because I have just that clarity and conviction in where I'm going. And I think that's really fantastic. And it, it, that conveys that energy comes across to your clients because it's not a push energy anymore. It's a, this is who I am. This is how I can help you. This is why what I do is different. This is why I believe what I believe. And if you don't believe that and you don't vibe with that, that's fine. Walk on by, go work with somebody else. My right people will be for me. And that feels good. And I think that feels good to the person on the other end as well. And the clarity that comes with that means that marketing is easier. Everything is easier in your business because your decision making becomes quite um, rapid because you're no longer kind of second guessing yourself. Oh, should I say this? Should I do this? You know, I sent an email out this week and had a really great response to that email, but also a a whole heap of negative responses to that email. And that's kind of how you know that you're hitting the nail on the head because, you know, you've got people tapping away on the keyboard telling you they don't like what you've just said. And you're like, oh, that's great. Unsubscribe. There's a button at the bottom. That's, That's fine. On you go. Someone else will be for you. But the right people are like, this was what I wanted to hear. This is the right thing for me. Um, and that's when you know when your brand is on track. So Yeah, that's epic. Well, I'm very happy to hear that your brand is on track and that you're loving it and keep being you. And if people don't like it, people don't like it. That's excellent marketing because you can't 
you can't be for everybody, as you said at the beginning. And there's that, you know, well-known line, if you're trying to market to everybody, you're marketing to nobody. Like you have to be really clear on who you are and who you want to work with and what you're here to do. And that's something that you're an expert in. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. It's been super fun. And um, I will put all the links to check your amazing website out in the show notes. Is there anything that you are launching or doing at the moment that, you know, you want to share with us? There's really kind of two main ways to work with me at the moment. One is my boutique messaging service. And then the second is my group program, which is essentially we cover the same things, but in a group setting. So it's really a program for professionals and experts who do feel trapped in their brand, want to reinvent that, create a really potent message, reposition their offers, repackage their offers and their content and how they look and sound. So those are the two ways to work with me. I've got some mini digital programs that you can also find on my website, which are really, if you're kind of DIYing and wanting to do things yourself, that's, that's the route you can go down. But yes, and you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn. And yes, subscribe to my newsletter. I send yes. good email. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I've, I've loved chatting with you. Yes, always love chatting with you. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on the Cosmic Business Breakthrough. If you'd like to learn more about what I do, head to sophiapalace.com or follow me at sophiapalace over on Instagram. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I'd love for you to take a moment and review the show if you found it helpful and share it with a few friends. Thanks again, and I'll speak to you next time.